Welcome to the Celtics Noise Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Manakis. We have with us, as always, my friend Will Weir. But today, we have a special guest. We welcome in an esteemed alumnus from Amherst Local News hit show, Around the Valley, a man who was once called the funniest man in America, Big Steamy, the one, the only, beautiful Mark McDonough. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. What up, what up, what up? So excited to have our guy Mark on the show today. We needed another uh, white guy from Boston on basketball podcasts, so uh, here I am. <laughs> Scal better watch out. I think, uh, I think you're coming for the throne. <laughs> we'll see. I'd like to see, uh, I'd like to see Scal try and back Big Marky down in the post. Yeah, um, he'd, he'd, he'd destroy me, but uh, I'd have fun attempting anyways. Hey, Greg, so I was thinking about this before we were going to get started. Do you know about like Mark and I's original connection to Celtic basketball? I don't. Is it? And I don't even know if Mark knows where I'm. Is it better than our parents? Is it better than uh, our dads going to a Celtics heat game when we were like six years old and you asking if they were now gay together? (laughs) It's, it's, It's pretty close. That's an actual true story is that our fathers went to a game, which must have been the most awkward conversation for two and a half hours of all time. And I did ask my mom, does this mean that our dads are gay now because they went to a game together? And the answer is yes, it did mean that. Yep. So Greg and I are brothers. That's uh, that's some breaking news. But no. So for Mark and I, my one of my mom's best friends lived next door to Mark uh, at his childhood home in Dorchester. And so my mom used to always bring me over there for these fucking horrible adult dinners that is like a torture chamber for a seven, eight-year-old boy who wants absolutely nothing to do with a fucking tea party full of adults for like what seemed like eight hours at a time. It was probably like two hours, but it felt like eight hours of just pure torture. So Mark's dad, being one of the nicest human beings that I've ever met in my life, could just feel my pain in the corner as I just sat there, like thinking of anything I could that could be better than than where I was, just trying to envision my place being myself being any other place. So Mark's dad took pity on me and used to invite me over to Mark's house to go watch Celtics games if they were on during one of these parties. And so I'm sure Mark and I crossed paths before we were eight or nine years old, but I mostly remember Mark as the kid. My first impression of Mark was the kid's house who I went to to watch basketball with his dad. <laughs> I uh, I remember one time, it must have been like November, I came in and my dad had given you my Halloween candy to like eat while you were watching. <laughs> like what a betrayal by my dad. It was one of the most, and then we became, then we ended up on like the the Marlins together for Little League and became friends. But like, legitimately, I was friends with Mark's dad before I was friends with him. We were just hanging out, just shooting the shit, watching the Celtics. How did you not fight immediately upon seeing Will eating your Halloween candy? I'm a non, I'm a, I'm a pacifist. I'm a nonviolent guy. <laughs> Listen, have all the Mounds bars you want, but if you take my fucking or <laughs> Reese's, it's going down, dude. <laughs> Oh man, uh, yeah. So how's things? Everything? How's everything going in uh, London, dude? Mark, it's okay. For those of you that don't know, Mark's living out in London now. Yeah, it's about uh, we're 
it's a little late here, but that's fine. I've uh, work off tomorrow. It's good though. It's just like anywhere else right now. It's like nothing much to do. So I'm just in a foreign country, essentially just uh, playing video games and drinking. Um, so nothing too exciting, but hopefully we get back to some sense of normalcy soon. Have you, uh, have you, you picked up any new? Oh, go ahead, Will. I was going to ask Mark, have you picked up any new habits or any new, uh, new hobbies during, during quarantine over there? Um, I started, this is going to sound so stupid. Uh, I started reading. So uh, I decided to give that a shot. That's, that's <laughs> going, that's going pretty well. Um, also just, uh, I had already been experimenting a little bit with cooking, but that's increased as well. Um, so hopefully I, I come out of this a more complete human being that can read and make his own food. <laughs> what, uh, what books are you reading, dude? I just, uh, Danielle and I have been, um, oh, by the way, on this podcast, we always call our girlfriends by their names. Okay. So make, make sure. sure you're doing that. I got to give them the shout. Uh, so Danielle okay. and I've been watching a lot of criminal minds and one of the books that's referenced in an early season, of criminal minds is the collector by, I think it's John Fowles. Have you ever read that? It's like one of the first, um, modern, like, uh, psycho sexual thrillers. Um, I haven't read it. Is there a movie based on it potentially? Maybe, but it's, it's, freaking creepy as shit dude like i can't read more than 10 pages at a time it's like wow. that whole like ethics of literature when you start reading a book and you're like deep in the brain of a serial killer and like okay. you're rooting for him to kidnap the young girl and you're like ooh, i probably like this this is making <laughs> me feel icky i need to stop reading this right now <laughs> but you're totally <laughs> cheering for him he's like yes he, he used the chloroform she's in the backseat of the trunk <laughs> like let's go <laughs> um yeah maybe you should just go back to harry potter i think right this is not how the reading experience is supposed to go <laughs> um also um you said to call your girlfriend by their first name my girlfriend's name is susan boyle uh so i will uh state that right now uh so will what are you um what are you proposing today for this for this uh celtics podcast right here man we're going to transition into some sports. Kind of want to hear what you got for me. All right. So we've been teasing this for a little bit. It's something that the three of us have been talking about uh, on the side for a while now. And what we really wanted to do, especially, you know, after taking a step back from the season, from really getting into the weeds of everything going on, something that, you know, has been comforting, especially during, you know, everything we're talking about, we're picking up new hobbies during the pandemic, Mark's reading, Greg's becoming more of a psycho, uh, you know, the usual stuff. So we figured we'd lighten it up a little bit, bring it back with a, with a little nostalgia. So the idea for what we're going to do right now is we're going to draft, snake draft, three Celtics teams, all comprised of fan favorite Celtics from all of us were born in 1989. That will be the start date up until 2015. And there's going to be a couple caveats and rules to this. Number one, we're going to try and build an actual team. So it's not going to be just five Mark Blunts or, you know, five Dana Barrows. This is going to be a, a mixture of actual positions. Um, all players eligible cannot have made an all-star team while playing with the Celtics. So no Pierce, no Twan, no IT, no Horford, et cetera, et cetera. They're all ineligible. Players that made... All-star teams in other locations are eligible, but you only get the Celtic version because usually that's probably the shittiest version of that player. Uh, so all of them are eligible. 
Um, let's see here. Anything else? Anything what else? I know we, we've been. What's the Sheldon Williams rule? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so, the Sheldon Williams rule is that I trust, I treasure both of you as friends too much to let you draft Sheldon Williams, so no one can draft Sheldon Williams. Okay. I I just thought of during this for some <laughs> reason while thinking, trying to like drum up all my Celtics memories. One that came back was that time in the finals when, for whatever reason, Doc Rivers played him for, I don't even think it was a full minute, and plus minus can be misleading, but I'm pretty sure he was a minus 10 in under a minute, and it was legitimately all tied to him being in the game. Like, five-second violations, (laughs) offensive fouls, three personal fouls, like, everything you could do wrong in a 45-second span, I think he did it. So I just decided that there's a Sheldon Williams rule that he can't be drafted. Hey, that, that's a great rule. That's a great rule. I'll, what? First of all, I want to go back to something. You said a team that would have five Mark Blunts. Who the hell would draft five Mark Blunts? Probably Mark. That's why I put that rule in. <laughs> I uh, In college, I had an intramural basketball team that was named the Mark Blunts. Uh, so maybe that's why Will stated that. But I, I promise I won't be t- taking five Mark Blunts. What was uh, your intramural record? I think we were uh, we're okay, hovered around five hundred probably. I will say we we weren't terrible. We we definitely could have been better. But I will say I'll never forget this because we we were the Mark Blunts for two different years in college, and I'll never forget this for some reason during one of the games, some dude picked me to talk trash to, and I don't usually talk trash back. I'm not good at talking trash in the moment. I just don't have the brain capacity for it. It just I got to focus on like my breathing and like trying to find an open spot in the corner and hope someone passes me the ball so I can shoot. But I remember I I engaged this person for whatever reason. And at one point he just shoots back to me. Okay. DJ Khaled. And I don't know what it was, but it got me. And I just, I just applauded him. I didn't, I honestly had no comeback. I was just like, all right, that's that's about right. And that was the end of it. Uh, Just another quick, sorry, before we get this started, just another quick intramural story. Uh, Terrible trash talk. There was a, I remember there was a time where I got fouled hard and I was pissed and I screamed no easy buckets, but that would be, (laughs) it was the reverse of the thing I was supposed to say, but my brain clearly wasn't firing correctly. So this guy fouled me and I screamed at him, no easy buckets, which is the single worst trash talk in the history of basketball. No, but it's actually kind of brilliant because then he's just like, whoa, like it's a complete mind fuck. <laughs> well, that's what happened. He just stared at me. He wasn't even like, he like didn't say anything back because he didn't know how to respond. Yeah. The Mark Blunts did not have a, uh, did not have the best trash talk going. 500 record. We were steady, but uh, trash, <laughs> hey, trash talking was not our forte. For a, for a team named after Mark Blunt, a 500 record is about the best you can ask for. That's overachieving <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> All right, well, you guys wanna you guys wanna get this going? Yeah, I'm ready, dude. I'm ready. Who gets first pick? All right, so Mark's the guest. So I, I think we're gonna we're gonna default to to Mark getting the first pick. Oh, and also you have to draft a coach. There's gonna be six picks. You have, you can draft a coach whenever you want, um, but you have to draft a coach at some point. Um, Mark's gonna get first pick. Uh, I'm gonna take second pick, Greg. Since you're you're the host, we're gonna we're gonna get default to you getting third pick, but you get that back to back. So we'll do snake. Snake drafts, you'll get three and four, and then okay. we'll reverse it. And then uh, I'll try and remind us throughout who everyone's picking. I'll be I'll be writing it down. 
Okay. All right. I'm Mark. ready to go with my first pick, if that's all right. You're on the clock. All right. I will pick uh, the man that Kobe Bryant said was the best defender he's ever faced. And that's T.A. Tony Allen. Uh, I think one of my favorite Celtics memories is 08 Finals, Tony guarding Kobe. And just you just look around at the rest of the team. It's just all legends, all old guys. He's a young guy on that team, and he's stopping the best player in the world. I, there was just some uh, magic in that whenever he was out there with Kobe, I think. That will always have a special place in my heart. So I know I'm taking this very seriously. Tony Allen's not the funniest player to pick, but I, he will be my first pick in the draft. No, man, I think that's Love a great that pick. pick. Um, T.A. was definitely going to – he was definitely going in the first or second round for me. I think um, for me, I'm, I'm, I want to – I'm actually looking at this like if I were drafting a team made up of Celtics castaways in, in 2020 <laughs> basketball, um, he, you got to have someone that can lock down on the perimeter. So I think Tony Allen was the best defender on the board. I think it's a great pick. Shout out to you. Um, that, looking at the rest rest of the board, I think that's a pretty high value at number one. <laughs> yeah. TA was high on my uh, on my big board. And also one thing on that same note, Greg, looking through this as uh, as I started to look through the old Celtics teams before we hit that 07, uh, 08 team, I, I think I had blocked out of my mind how atrocious we were for like all of the 90s and then very average pretty much for the 2000s up to that. So yeah, TA was, was very high on my list. And I, let me ask you if, if maybe I'm making this up, but I feel like so right before the Celtics went on that historic losing streak, which ended up leading to us getting and forming the big three, uh, Tony Allen was getting a ton of run. And I remember he was actually putting up some points. And then, of course, he's he averaging tried 20 to, a game. Yeah. And then he tried to do like a 360 dunk after the whistle. And I think like <laughs> popped his knee or his ACL or something. But I'm pretty sure when he came back, he then had a quote to the Globe that was asking him how, like, are you excited to come back and join the big three? And I'm pretty sure he said something along the lines of, yeah, it's going to be pretty cool, but I'm pretty sure uh, I don't or I don't know why people aren't calling it a big four. I was playing pretty well before I got hurt. So I think we're really going to form a strong big four when I come back. <laughs> and I think that's true. I might be making that up, but I'm pretty sure he said that. God bless him. <laughs> no, Tony, I mean, dude, I love Tony Allen. He was Oklahoma State, right? And he was um, just that Oklahoma State program that was just like churning out these just like chiseled, tough defenders. And I didn't even realize how good of a defender he was early in his career, probably because he just didn't have, really have the experience. And even when he was on that championship team, I didn't realize the impact that he was actually having. It was only until he went somewhere else and then people started talking about his reputation as a great defender that I was like, oh, damn, T.A. is like a highly respected defender. And then a couple of years later, it's kind of just locked in, kind of similar to how Marcus is this year, where everyone was just like unanimously, that dude's one of the best defenders in the league. Um, but I, I always love T.A., man. I, I For some reason, like right before he got hurt, I remember him being able to shoot as well. And then I don't know what it was about the knee injury. He came back from that knee injury and like he had the worst form I've ever seen of any Celtics player. Oh man. Uh, yeah. He really put his stamp on, on with, uh, with Memphis that I think that's going to be where he's more remembered than the Celtics, but for us, he's got a, got a special place in our hearts, but uh, I'm we're ready to move on to, to pick number two. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, I'm on the clock and uh I think I think Greg, if he 
I think Greg could probably predict since we have almost the same brain as where I'm going here. Uh, but my pick, I'm going with Al Jefferson. Give me Big Al all day. Going to get me some buckets down low and maybe get some trade value. You know, might trade him for KG again. But uh, no, I had a huge crush on Al Jefferson. We only had him for three <laughs> years before we traded him, but I fucking loved me some Big Al. And I think one of my favorite things, have you guys ever seen his high school stats? No. Not in a while, but I have seen him at some point, but they're ridiculous. So essentially, Al Jefferson was apparently the Wilt Chamberlain of Mississippi basketball. His senior high school stat line was 42.6 points, 18 rebounds, and seven blocks a game. <laughs> That's a, Honestly, like, I'm not impressed. I was, <laughs> I was expecting you to say, like, 60 points and, like, 30 rebounds. 42 and 18? <laughs> I feel like there's some like random scrub in Massachusetts that's put that up before. I don't know, man. That's, that's pretty Like if you go look at like even the other dudes that came out of high school, like their stats are, their stats are good, but that's a fucking crazy stat line. I need hey for, for reference, I need to see perks high school stats. <laughs> uh, uh, Big Al was definitely going to be my pick if, it, if I, some, if he was still somehow on the board when he got back to me. But I also think it's amazing that, basically twice in a 10 to 15 year period the Celtics had two centers named Big Al and uh I'm because I mean because they had Al Jefferson and of course Al, Hor- Al Horford but uh it'd be tough to be a small guy named Al is what I'm getting at I think I think it doesn't it'd be, it'd be a low uh <clears throat> you'd have low self-esteem if you were a small guy named Al anyways uh love Big Al that was a great pick well all right, great. Yeah, and remember, clock. you are you are getting the Big Al that was on the Celtics, right? So you get young Big Al yep. before any knee injuries. Um, I think I think that's a really good pick, man. High socks. Yes, <laughs> really <it>. high socks. <laughs> um, All right, I don't Greg, know. If, I don't know. If Big Al can defend on the perimeter, though, bro. It's 2020. Remember that. Um, all right. Well, I mean, you tell me who my pick or my number one pick. You already know. I mean, I, I tried to write in Dana. Write in Dana. Dana Barrows, Dana Barrows, third pick in the draft. Um, I know that like he's a he's a local legend, right? Uh, grew up in Mattapan, went to Boston College. Um, where, I forget where he went to high school. Maybe Zavarian. Zavarian. Yeah, he went to Zavarian. Yeah. Um, but we've talked about this before on the pod. We, me, Will and I went to every Dana Barrows basketball camp, like at UMass Boston and wherever he was holding uh basketball camp Greg Menakis and Will Ware were there and then actually when I was just graduated from college I was working at uh this this sports complex I think it was in Kingston and Dana Barros would hold private sessions for high school for high school players and you'd take them through these shooting drills and everything and I went up to him and I was just like Hey man, I just graduated from BC. Like I used to go to your camps all the time. Like you were my favorite player growing up. Just want to say what's up. And he just invited me into the workout. So like anytime he was working out with anybody after the camps, he would just let me go through shooting drills with them. And it was dope. I got to like play one-on-one with him a little bit. Um, He was a super solid dude. Smaller than you would think. Like I know he was, he was small looking on an NBA court, but I'm pretty sure I'm taller than him. And I'm, I'm like five eleven and a half. So he was probably like, maybe like five, 10 and a half max. Um, so I, I just can't, and he still had crazy hops. Like when, whenever you see someone that's played in the NBA and you see them up close and the balance that they have and just like the bounce they have in their legs, it's just a whole different level. But um, shout out to Dana Barrows. 
coming off the board. I think it's a great value pick. I'm just, I'm, I'm going on and on and on here. Feel free to stop me. But in 2020 basketball, you need people that can stretch the floor. Dana would have the green light on my team. He would not be playing point guard for me. He'd be stretching the floor, running off of screens, um, getting the defense going side to side. And Dana would stretch the floor. And I think he would average 20 a game. No question. I have to I have to cut in here. I didn't even write Dana Barris down as a potential pick of mine because I know there was no way it was getting to me. Um, the for anybody listening from the rest of the country, what you don't understand is out of everybody that will pick tonight, there's nobody that can even compare to Dana Barris in terms of a local legend. Uh, People talk about him the way they talk about Julius Irving, and that will never make sense to anybody that's not from New England. In addition to that, out of all the people that talk about him the most, Will Ware and Greg Manakis, they can't go three hours in public without bringing up Dana Barris. So uh, this is probably the highlight of the draft for them is even getting to talk about him. Will, I don't know if you want to add anything. No, I mean, same here. I knew Greg was going to go there with this first pick, so I didn't put him on my big board. I actually just, as Greg was talking, looked over to the sheet of paper where I actually wrote down all of these Celtics names on and was looking to cross it off. I was like, oh, that's right. I didn't even bother to, to write it down because I knew it. And the thing was, like, I was actually going to be a little pissed if Greg didn't take him first because he knows that you and I were going to let him have him. So if he had just kind of waited around, we would have felt like dickheads if we then picked Dana Barrows as, like, a normal third-round pick. Uh, but I also like how much uh, credit GM Greg has given himself with a pick that he was going to have at any time, no matter where we were in the draft. But kudos to the front office of, uh, of Team Manakis. Um, they also happen to be up on the clock now for pick four. So shout out to our guy, Dana, who we got at pick four. I mean, you know, I'm trying to draft that uh, running gun team that can stretch the floor. The Celtics had this one guy. That was uh, also local legend, ended up working on Brad Stevens coaching staff, uh, is now coaching down in uh, Evansville. I think it's in Kentucky. My man, Walter McCarty. I love Walter sitting in the corner, hitting those corner threes in a, in a small ball error. He can guard multiple positions, maybe too, a little too skinny to guard a center. But my man, Walt, who used to come to my high school games, um, and another guy whose camps I used to just be at because my high school basketball coach, Brendan Smith, he, he runs a step ahead basketball and he, one of his best friends used to be the ball boy, uh, Luke used to be the ball boy for the Celtics. So Brendan had all these connections with the Celtics and Walter ended up being Brendan's buddy. So he used to come through all the camps and he would you know, really take me under, under his wing and show me how to, how to win one-on-one. This is kind of a weird story, but uh, one time awkwardly, I was playing one-on-one -on -one with Walt and accidentally touched his junk. And it was the most terrifying thing that ever happened to me in a game one-on-one. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I don't want to play anymore. Um, but Walt used to come to all my high school games. And it was just like amazing to see this dude just like walk through the gym, you know, six foot 10, six foot 11, just trying to be inconspicuous. And he'd go sit in the bleachers and just, you know, watch Boston Latin School basketball, which was insane. Um, to see an NBA player watching us. It was so cool to see him there. But also, I think Walt was, um, you know, a little bit ahead of his time. I think he really would have flourished in modern days, uh, pace and space ball. Uh, so I think that's a that's a, another great pick by uh, Team Manakis. I, uh, I did want to add that even though Walter was never drafted to an all-star team, he did sing the national anthem 
on NBA All-Star uh, Saturday night. Walter can also sing. I know that it has nothing to do with basketball, but I just thought it, you guys might like to know that. Well, I great, actually great, did not know that. Great story. So um, if we ever get Matt Manning on a pod, uh, Matt used to go to the Step Ahead camps, and I think he won like a trivia question at some point that Walt was doing in the prize that Walt was giving away was like the CD that he had just recorded. And it was like an R and B like love song CD. It was like absolutely hysterical. It was like someone who, who makes music now. It is like constantly trying to self promote. I was just like this, like looking back on it. It's so fucking funny that he did that. He's like, Oh yeah, here's my like sexy love song CD, uh, teenage boy. Like, <laughs> thank you for answering my trivia question Athletes. correctly. Athletes making music is one of the greatest things to ever happen. And uh, yeah, any like you think about like Victor Oladipo has done the same thing. Kobe had that like one rap song he tried to put out, which I'm actually reading a book. Speaking of reading, uh, I'm actually reading a book right now about the um, early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s Lakers and all of Kobe's teammates just shitting on him for the, <laughs> for the, for the music video he tried to put out where he actually met his, his, uh, his eventual wife. But uh, sticking with Walter, you know, we got to mention that I think a big part of Walter just being so fondly remembered by us has to be Tommy's catchphrase. Oh, yeah. I love Walter. And so I think it's just one of those things where every time I think of Walter, because and because we have those local connections to him, that like Walter just seems like, man, I can't believe like how good Walter was. I'm going to throw this out there. I want to see which of you, maybe you've looked it up, maybe you haven't. How many career points per game do you think Walter averaged with the Celtics? Seven. seven. I don't know. <laughs> Under. We both <laughs> we both just said seven. I know. It was, his, his final scoring average was 5.7. He actually only had uh, two seasons over seven points per game. Yeah, which his I, Tommy points were high, though. His, oh, his Tommy points were through the fucking roof. He's the, he's, he's the all-time record holder in, in Tommy points, which now thinking back on it, I want to go back and see like what he was getting those Tommy points for. He didn't average a ton of rebounds. He didn't really average a ton of assists or steals. So I feel like he must've just been making like one or two (laughs) plays a game where that just Tommy only, and only Tommy loved for whatever reason. And now there's an entire generation of Celtics fans that have an entirely different reality of Walter McCarty, the basketball player. Well, Walt Walt played in transition. Right. So he sprinted the floor. And, and if you listen like Celtics broadcast over the years, Tommy's always just going, run, get ahead of the defense, run, <laughs> run. So like, especially in that era of basketball, when it was much, much slower pace, Walt was one of those dudes that would just sprint up and down the floor. He was a freaking gazelle on the court. Um, what was, Hey, do you have his basketball reference pulled up right now? I do. Yeah. What was his uh, career three point average percentage? It's same thing. It's a little bit lower than you would think. I mean, it's not terrible, but it's just below 35%. Okay. It's pretty average. All right. We need to get this. (laughs) Will alluded to it, but we need to get this out in the open as well. If his name was like Randy, he wouldn't be as big of a star. Part of the reason he was such a big star in Boston is because his name sounds funny with a Boston accent. <laughs> and we just have to admit that that's part of, part of the reason we're still talking about him. If his name was Randy McCarthy, we would not be talking about him right now. His name was Walter. Yeah. And then that's, yeah. that's part of the reason we're spending five minutes talking about him in the year of our Lord 2020. <laughs> it's 100% accurate. And it's actually – a great transition into my next pick, which is going to be the, the fifth pick of the draft. And so 
this next pick is someone that honestly I probably couldn't have I, until I watched some highlights today. I couldn't probably remember how they played. But anytime you ask me about 90s Celtics, it's just one of the first names that comes up. And it's another example of Walter McCarty type perfect Boston names. Give me Dino Raja. Getting my big man out here early. Uh, yeah, dude, I'm getting buckets down low here. I don't know. I'm, I'm, zag- I'm zigging and zagging right now against the way that basketball's played in 2020, going with Big Al and Dino. But yeah, like honestly, I, I don't. The name itself is just synonymous with 90s Celtics basketball because he was like one of the only decent players that we had. And, you know, his stats were, were pretty good. He actually only played four years uh, in total for the Celtics and in the NBA. Um, and part of that is because of some crazy shit I looked up about his like foreign contracts. But he's also probably the only Hall of Famer that's getting drafted tonight. So I will say I've got it. I got all NBA, Big Al, made one third team. I've got a Hall of Famer in Dino. And uh, yeah, looking at Dino's stats, oh, do you guys even remember much about Dino from his time on the Celtics other than his name? Uh, I, lo- I was looking at his stats a little bit before this, his preparation. I know he was dropping about 17 a game, which is pretty good. And he was doing that consistently, I think, and in the playoffs as well. He had what, one or two seasons in the playoffs? Yeah, there was one year they made the playoffs. I'm pretty sure, pretty sure we got swept or something, but he had like 16 or 17 and eight in that playoffs. Dino could hoop, man. He could hoop. Um, I, I remember him being being a very skilled, like typical European big. Um, could stretch the floor a little bit. Definitely could put uh, pound the rock and you know make plays for other people. Um, and remember, I I don't know what I'm talking about here. But <laughs> he, he also what I do really remember about Dino Raja is that he sprained his ankle. I forget what season it was, but he had like a really, really bad ankle sprain. And in my young, young brain, I was like, Dino Raja just never came back from that ankle sprain, which I don't know if that's ever happened with an ankle sprain to anybody of all, in all time. But like in my brain, like that's why he stopped playing with the Celtics. He sprained his ankle so bad that he had to go back overseas. But that's probably not true. <laughs> Uh, I think there was some weird stuff with Patino too. Patino came in and was like, you're my guy. We're going to build the whole team around you. And then he was just like, all right, actually, you're not on the team anymore. Dude, he just dipped and he did it twice to the Celtics. So <laughs> so the little bit of research that I did, he was drafted and I think it was either 89 or 90. Tried to come over to the Celtics with like that first wave of Euros with like Vladi and Petrovic. And there's a few others that, that came over as like the first wave. He was trying to come over, but there was some contract dispute with whatever his european club was so he actually like somehow uh, just like snuck over to the celtics facility and was like practicing with the celtics illegally in the early 90s (laughs) until then his european team took the celtics to like mass district court got him to like come back to the to his team and then eventually the celtics kept his rights he got a buyout in like 91 and then from there, he was supposed to go to the Celtics, but some other Italian team swooped in and gave him like 18 mil for like three years, which I read at the time, and this seems insane, was like the same as like Diego Maradona was making in like an equivalent Italian soccer league, but this is for basketball. And people thought they were batshit insane. So instead of coming back to the Celtics, he dipped again on the Celtics, stayed in <laughs> Europe to make money. And then finally came over when he was 26. And then it must have been that ankle sprain. He got hurt. And then he, like, failed some Patino, like, physical. And then he was like, all right, well, I'm just going to go back to Europe and continue to be a, a legend over here and make the Hall yeah. of Fame. That's the story of Dino Raja.
I love it. That's a great take, man. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on from our guy Dino. Back to back, great Boston names: Walter McCarty and Dino Raja. Mark, you are on the clock, and you have back to back picks. I do. Um, I'm a little bit torn here, but I will. Uh, he had a short but sweet stay in Boston. He will be a Hall of Famer. I don't think he is already. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I will go with Gary Payton. Ooh, the glove. Okay. I, for some reason, have fond memories of him, him here in Boston. He probably doesn't have fond memories of Boston. Uh, he won other. He went elsewhere. He, I think he won the Heat with the heat the year after he left us he's obviously like a multiple time all-star before he got here but um i remember him being good in the celtics maybe i'm wrong but i will take gary payton on the celtics interesting pick man i honestly didn't think he's one of those guys like i said we ended up with a lot of like former all-stars that were like on the tail end of their career um out of the ones that were going to get picked i didn't see the gary payton pick coming so i'm uh i'm intrigued with the selection what do you think greg um, yeah, I really don't remember him too much on the Celtics. Um, I don't know at what what year he was on the Celtics. Was that post Lakers? Yeah, it was, was the right? it was the two seasons after the Lakers, and then he went. So, oh, actually, maybe I think it's oh four, oh five, oh five, oh six, and then he goes hmm. to the Heat, and then he wins a championship with Wade in oh six. Yeah, okay. you got that. I, we got him in some weird trade with the Bucks. I forget what the exact deal was, but I know he ended up like after the Lakers for some reason he was on the Bucks. We traded for him, and then yeah, he went to the Heat and won a won a championship. Okay. My, with my only my only thoughts on Gary Payton, besides the fact that he's like a legendary defender, um, I always thought he looked like DMX. So like whenever I saw yeah, him he trash, does. whenever I saw him trash talking people on the court, before I actually knew what his voice sounded like, I just imagined he was like barking in DMX's voice, <laughs> which made him terrifying to me as a kid. And also, um, there was one more. Oh, yeah, uh, there was this great like Boston Latin school has some decent like hip hop town that's come out of it. And there was this one uh, group. There's this dude, Katim. Remember Katim from the Dorchester bus? I remember. I remember Katim. Yeah. Katim's a man. And uh, this dude, Lewis Harris. And they, and they had this one song. I forget who actually dropped the bar, but it was, um, I'm like, I'm feeling like Peyton. I always had green, but finally got the bucks around me when he got traded from the Sonics to uh to the bucks and i thought that was pretty dope yeah very famous song greg thanks for mentioning it um <laughs> it honestly i don't need did he get traded from the to the sonics to the bucks is that um, something that happened i think he went from the sonics to the lakers and then lakers to the bucks is what i is what i think i, I okay. could be wrong on that but either way i think we're spending probably too much time on i think we're spent we've spent longer talking about gary payton in this nostalgia draft than he actually played on something <laughs> so well, anyways he's on my team he's my point guard uh, <laughs> all right next pick, mark. Go i'll move it. to i'll move to no i'll move to my next pick i um another guy that might have faded in the memories of the rest of the country, but still uh, registers in mind is Rafe LaFriends. So I will take Rafe LaFriends off the board. Um, I was devastated when I found out he wasn't a foreigner. He's from the United States, which my whole childhood just thought he was from some foreign country I had never heard of. He's from Iowa, I believe. So it was way off. Um, but uh, I also have this distinct memory, like I could draw the couple. I was watching the Celtics game 
after the Celtics game, they brought this couple down from the stands and they had named their newborn child Rafe after Rafe LaFriends. Oh my God. Uh, I would, I would, I would love if, if somebody could do a deep dive and find this kid who's probably um, about 18 or so now or, or nearing it anyways. Uh, and I'd also like to ask the couple why they did that. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. I am taking Rail for Friends off the board. So your first three picks to recap are Gary uh, Payton, Ray for I can Friends. do a recap right here. I got it all. Okay. So. So right now we got Mark's team is Tony Allen, Gary Payton, and Rafe LaFrance. Will's team is Al Jefferson and Dino Raja. <laughs> and Greg's team is Dana Barros and Walter McCarty. <laughs> so None of those teams are so, good. <laughs> yeah. No. In an actual game, score on my this team. would be great. <laughs> My team can get buckets. We ain't stopping anybody, and we can't shoot <laughs> properly. So uh, that's that's not good. But I'm going to remedy, remedy that right now. With my next pick, give me my man, Eddie House. And I feel like that had to – you guys had to know that was coming was. at some point. I had to feel it, Mark. I was getting real worried that that Gary Payton pick was going to be Eddie House. I, I, I think you know how much of love I got for Eddie House. I mean, pretty much all the reasons Greg gave for Dana, minus being able to dribble better than uh, a fifth-grade CYO player, kind of apply <laughs> to Eddie House. Um, but it's pretty much who I've modeled my own pickup game after, is just run three-point line to three-point line <laughs> and just try and keep moving till you get open. If you give me the ball, I'm going to shoot it. That's just how it goes. And if it's anything like Eddie House, he made roughly 42% of his threes. I'm taking it all day. <laughs> yeah, I had to leave Eddie out there for you. Uh, and we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Eddie House's son, who was basically like uh, his tag team partner. For some reason, they're allowed on the court during games. Nobody <laughs> ever explained why that was allowed or why he was there. But I left him on the board for you, Will. I did want to take him, but now he's yours. I appreciate that. <laughs> I think that's a great pick, Will, and you're absolutely right, dude. Like we play pickup so many times, and I think that your game actually changed after Eddie House was on the Celtics. It was like <laughs> you literally studied his game. It was like, ooh, I can do this too. I can Film just sessions. run three points. I mean, I don't have to run baseline to baseline. I can just run three point line to three point line. That's good. And you, you kind of have a similar shot. And you also, let's be real, you you modeled your facial hair after him. Eddie House was very uh, was very inspiring to me, and in that during that 2008 season, it was t- so. To this day, 2008 is the reason that the Celtics and basketball became my favorite sport. Before that, it was always the Red Sox, and then it was like Patriots and Celtics were kind of neck and neck for two, three. Which, given the Patriots' success, it probably it might have leaned a little bit Patriots, but uh, but for that 08 team, that just changed everything for me and that's the main reason that it's not even close or a debate right now if i had to choose between my three favorite sports teams it's always celtics one and then red sox patriots two three and you know eddie house being a part of that team and being able to see myself on that team and whatever delusional capacity that is uh i think just heightened my connection (laughs) yeah Uh, i've been been trying to limit my 08 picks as well because uh i think for all three of us, that's probably at least in the argument for our favorite sports teams of all time. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, Greg, you are on the clock and you have back-to-back picks here. Okay, well, I got Dana, I got Walter, so I'm, I'm stretching the floor. I like that, um, but neither of them is a is a real alpha dog, right? They're they're more complimentary role players. So I'm looking at my list that I've compiled, and I really only see two more alpha dogs on the board. 
So I got to take one. When he, by the time he got to the Celtics, he was, he was more known for drinking like a six pack of Bud Light after the game than actually anything he was really doing on the court. But I got to go with my man Sheed. <laughs> so I'm taking Rasheed Wallace off the board. I got another guy that can stretch the floor. One of the one of the best um, big men who never made an All Star team or never made an All NBA team. I'm not sure that Sheed ever made an All NBA team. I think I'm pretty sure he made at least one, a handful of All Star games. I don't think he ever made an All NBA team. Okay, that's what it was. Never made an All NBA team. Um, so I got to get my guy Sheed. Uh, just I'll kick it to you guys. Thoughts. I mean, she will always have a warm place in my heart. I always just thought of him more, by the time he got to the Celtics as more like comic relief, though. Unfortunately, I just thought it was always funny when he was out there. Of course, the ball don't lie is the famous uh, Sheed quote, which took a life of its own. Um, so I have fond memories of Sheed. In terms of if I'm building a basketball team, don't know if necessarily I want the Celtics version on the court, <laughs> uh, but I, I do have love for the man. Yeah, I think if you're if you're drafting Celtics Rashid Wallace, which I loved at the time, because obviously like just imagining him, KG, Perk, Rondo, and that group like hanging out afterwards sounded like the coolest hang that you could have and that you'd want to be a part of it. But it felt like that entire season. We only had him for that one year. It just felt like Rashid was game by game taking the Shaq approach of like playing yourself into shape throughout the season. <laughs> and so it was like a handful of playoff games. He actually finally looked like he was in shape and came through. But I think he only got his um, like his energy up to a certain level because then when we needed him in game seven, he kind of by that <laughs> point, he was trying to we were asking him to fill in for Perk when Perk got hurt. And like, I think he played pretty well, but just like ran out of steam because he just didn't have the the energy for it. He did have like a broken back and he was playing. <laughs> he definitely wasn't the it definitely it was it was very far away from the peak sheet that we remember with the Blazers and the Pistons. <laughs> All right, Greg, you got you got another pick here. Um I know you love your team, so just as a reminder, um front office Manakis over here has Dana Barrows, Walter McCarty, Rashid Wallace, and your next pick. All right, so I'm I'm really torn here, I'm not gonna lie. Um, so I'm, I, I am trying to avoid picking too many people that were on that 07, 08 team. Um, so I'm, I'm going to leave one guy who's, you know, the glue guy of that squad on the board for somebody, but I'm going to take a guy that can fill a very similar role. Um, actually ended up playing on multiple championship teams with the Los Angeles Lakers famously, uh, in Waltham one day, apparently skateboarded over my uncle's car. Like literally that was a, like a, always a, a Moy family legend is that Rick Fox <laughs> skateboarded on the hood of my uncle's car. So um, Rick Fox, big guy, man, he's like six, seven, six, eight, uh, dime piece, absolute smoke show. Has <laughs> <laughs> great hair, acted it. I think he was like a a bad guy, a villain in um in One Tree Hill for a couple episodes. That was one of my favorite, one of my favorite TV shows. So he's multi-talented. Um, you get Vivica. I think that's big. Uh, you gotta you gotta have everybody you know in Boston on Twitter talking about Vivica and is she showing up to the game? So I'm gonna take Rick uh Rick Fox, Foxy Rick off the board. I like that pick. I think that's a real strong pick. Do we think Rick Fox is maybe? the best looking dude to ever play for the Celtics. Yeah. I don't think it's an argument. <laughs> it's yeah, him right? and Sam Cassell. 
<laughs> Poor Sam. I think Rick Fox is a great pick, and like you, like you already mentioned, the best filmography of anybody getting drafted tonight. <laughs> he played the villain in about uh, sixty-three of the same movie. But uh, <laughs> God bless the man for getting work. No, I think that's a great pick. He was um, a forgotten Celtic, like you said, because he goes on to the Lakers and has much more success. But while he was like, even as a little kid, I remember like Rick Fox was like a star. Uh, so yeah. I think that was a great pick, Greg. I feel like when uh, when I was watching the you know the early Lakers teams, and like I said, I'm reading that book right now where it talks a little bit about Rick Fox's transition from the Celtics to the Lakers, which kind of happened by accident because Rick Pitino didn't understand how the salary <laughs> cap worked in the NBA, <laughs> and he tried to sign Rick Fox and Travis Knight at the same time where they would have been like over the cap or something. So David Stern had to come in and say, you can, you have to pick one of the two. You can't sign both. And of course, Rick Pitino chose Travis Knight over, uh, over Rick Fox, who then went on to win all those championships with the Lakers and Travis Knight was cut a year later and then joined the Lakers. Um, So that worked out. Um, But no, I remember like watching Rick Fox and those early Lakers teams in the early two thousands and having like, wait a minute, that guy was definitely on the Celtics, right? Like, we had that guy. And when you look back, his numbers, like in his first three or four years with the Celtics, he was averaging, you know, he went from like, I think it was like eight to 12 to 15 points a game. And then took that, you know, was an unbelievable role player glue guy for the, for the Lakers team. So interesting. Uh, what if, if Rick Fox had stayed in Boston, does he end up with Vivica? Does he become a Hollywood <laughs> bad guy? Who knows? <laughs> the answers to those things are probably not. Um, <laughs> so I think he made the right call ended up in, uh, in LA. I think it's probably the best value pick of the night for Greg. Uh, I mean, for all, any of us, is uh, yeah. Rick Fox going there. Take it. All right, real solid. All right, so I'm up. So far, my team consists of Al Jefferson, Dino Raja, Eddie House, and I've decided we're just going to get buckets. This team is getting buckets. Uh, right now, I'm going to take Ricky Davis with my next pick. We are going to be able to... <sighs> Fill it up. I could already hear Tommy just groaning in my head right now as I make this pick. Uh, yes, that was actually well done. Uh, Ricky Davis, I think, was always, you know, unbelievably talented offensively, never used any of that athleticism towards the defensive end, but always was a guy that, like, you know, he's kind of like J.R. Smith almost before J.R. Smith. I think is like a decent comparison and that might be doing a disservice to J.R. Smith, but that's how I think of Ricky Davis. I got a trivia question for you. What do Ricky Davis and Bob Sura have in common? No clue. No idea. Two of the only guys in NBA history to get a triple double by throwing the ball off their own bat, off the, <laughs> off the opposing basket <laughs> to get an off, to get a rebound, to get your own triple double. <laughs> I had a feeling that might be where that's going. That's still one of my favorite clips of all time is just Ricky going to get himself a rebound. Maybe the most selfish move I've ever seen, but you know what? Ricky's still going to have a couple nights where he fills it up. He's putting up 20 to 30. He's, we're going to get a lot of shots up in here. We got some big guys down low. We're, we're going we're gonna to find a glue guy with our last pick here to, to really keep this team together, but we're going to be scoring a lot. Hey, uh, Will, let me just ask you this real quick. Do you remember yeah. when we see when we saw Ricky Davis in public? Um, uh, was it at the Four Brothers premiere? It was at the Four Brothers premiere. Yes. How could you forget, bro? I, <laughs> like, I, listen, I was around you and some other people like Juan 
and people like that that were just like huge stoners in like between like eighth grade and tenth grade. I didn't know what high was until I saw Ricky Davis at the movie theater. That dude <laughs> walked by me, and I've never seen eyes as red as that. <laughs> I was like, bro, like at this point, it looks like you just like forgot your sunglasses. Like you should be wearing sunglasses inside at night right now. <laughs> Um, I think I was going to take him. Well, actually, he he would drive you crazy if you actually had to have him on your team. But there's any time I think of Ricky Davis, I smile, and I think that has to mean something. I I have I laugh every time I think of him. Not only did he have that um, that purposeful missed shot so he could get a rebound for the triple double, I believe there's also a clip where he had, he's on a fast break, he attempts a trick dunk dunk. Nobody else has run back on defense. So he's able to get the rebound and then he does another trick dunk <laughs> instead of just like laying the ball in for the guaranteed two points. He, he does two tr- trick dunks on the same attempt. He does, he does. And it's with the Celtics and it's with Tommy commenting about how much <laughs> he hates all of it. <laughs> uh, oh God. All right. Ricky Davis. Uh, I feel like I just felt like, like you said, he brings a smile to your face. So I just feel like I had to pick him. Uh, he's a defense, he's a complete defensive liability. My whole team is a lot of defensive liabilities. <laughs> um, but maybe we can take a look at that, uh, our next pick. But Mark, we're on you. You've got back to back picks here right now. And uh, just as a reminder, you have Tony Allen, Gary Payton, and Rafe LaFrance. I have an excellent defensive team. Rafe LaFrance could play defense. Um, but uh, no, I will actually take the first coach off the board. The Ooh. reason I'm doing so is because I don't like any of the Celtics coaches. Um, I will, I know there's uh, some controversy about this man now, but I will take the man that won us a championship in Doc Rivers as my coach. Great I think he's a good, great player coach, uh, at least for the Celtics. He held that team together. A lot of uh, strong personalities on that team. A lot of veterans and a lot of young guys and he led us to two championships won one of them so i will take doc gladly out of the coaches available love that yeah, pick. That, I, think that, I think that's great right there great pick great pick okay uh any, anything else we want to say about doc we'll just leave the memories alone i mean doc's the the one coach we have on this board that's that's got a championship you know, I mean, yeah. that's that, that's all that's all you can really say right there. We talked about that team that he coached being our probably our collectively our favorite sports team of our of our lifetime. Uh, and so you may pick and choose a few things that you want to, you know, disagree with on Doc about what he does, you know, coaching philosophies, things like that. But players love him. Um, he's got one of the you know, he's in the top, I think, five, six or eight all time for wins. Um, so I think it's I think it's a great pick to go right here. Yeah, Thank I, I you. Love, I love Doc. Um, shout out to Doc's shiny nose. And um, <laughs> shout, shout out to uh, Jamie Foxx's impression of Doc. If you haven't watched that, that's Oh, it's fantastic. That's, really? I was just thinking of that. It's He does it on, like, I think it's the like Jimmy Fallon or something one time when Doc must have been in the playoffs. It is spot on. You, we'll, oh, we'll have, wow. You'll have to look it up later. It's so good. I will. I will look it up. That sounds good. Um, and then I'll move on to my next pick. <laughs> Oh man, I don't know. Uh, this team is going to be the worst offensive team. Oh man, but I have to do it. I can't resist. Uh, I will take the Batman, Tony Batie. Oh, great pick. Uh, <laughs> um, Tony Batie never really lived up to his potential, uh, is what most people might say. But I always loved Tony Batie. Um, 
big man down low could block shots. Uh, I couldn't really do much else in CYO basketball. So I found my idol in Tony Batie, and now he's on my team. Dude, Tony Batie could stretch the floor a little bit too. I feel like if if he came into the league at a little bit of a later date, he would have been like forced to shoot three-pointers. And he had a nice little like 15-footer from the baseline. Um, I'm pretty sure when he got to the Magic, he started taking some more threes. I was, a, I was always a big Tony Petit guy. I think he came out of Colorado, one of my favorite Celtics big men of the shitty Celtics team era. Uh, so great pick, man. I, I, was, I was thinking of taking Tony Petit much earlier in the draft. When I took Walter, it was between Walter and Tony Petit, and then I was glad I took Walter. Yeah, Thank man, you, love Andrew. love the Batman. He's, he's one of those guys that sticks out to me too when I just think of – you know, my early fanhood with the Celtics. Tony Petit is one of those guys that has to be in the first couple when you're not thinking of like Paul Pierce and Antoine. Once you get past them, it's like Tony Petit is maybe the third guy that I think of uh, as, a, as a staple for, for those early Celtics teams. So uh, love that pick right there. Your team right now is lining up for a lot of shots to go to Rafe LaFrance. <laughs> He's going to have a, a very high <laughs> offensive output with, with the team around him. So uh, all the a, games are going to be like 85 to 84 victories, hopefully. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So it's my pick now. Um, so far, my team, I have Al Jefferson, Dino Raja, Eddie House, Ricky Davis. We've got a lot of buckets. We've got some offense. We don't actually have a ton of ball handling. So I'm going to try and address that now. Um, and I'm going to do it with a guy that I think actually was, was sneakily was, was better on defense than we might think um he's actually been in the news recently for not the best of reasons but sounds like he's turning it around uh i'm gonna go with delante west i'm gonna get delante out here i was a big delante fan in college loved him and jameer on that saint joe's team when delante was on the celtics he was always a guy that i that i thought was uh was one of the better role players that we had during our uh most turbulent times and i, I believe i didn't look this up but i'm pretty sure he had a second stint on the celtics as well uh for a brief period and delante is just always one of those guys that every time i watched him it felt like he was a guy that was never afraid of the moment he was always ready to step up um and so delante's just been a guy that i've i've always been been fond of and obviously you know you've probably seen some of his life has gone in a, a different direction since his NBA days, but it does look like Mark Cuban has him riding horses and getting his, uh, his life back on track, which is good to see. But Delonte West is my pick here. I love it, dude. I love it. I think it's a great pick. I was definitely considering Delonte earlier in the draft. Um, I thought the Celtics version of Delonte was probably the best version. Uh, he, he was well known um, among diehard Celtics fans for being one of the best offensive rebounding guards he could stretch the floor, had a very high basketball IQ. Um, and, he, you know, he was tough as nails. He was one of those he was one of those dudes that you knew you could go to battle with. So I, I think that's a great pick, man. I thought it was an awesome pick, uh, Will. I actually liked him a lot when he was on the Celtics. I, didn't, I wasn't aware of any of the extracurriculars at the time. Um, and then I found out he was a rapper. His name is like Lil Reds or something. Wasn't that a thing? That's, that sounds about right. I think that all played into where he, where he ended up. <laughs> Well, God bless him. I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah. Not trying to big lag because I think it's actually really cool what uh, Mark Cuban's done and helped actually. That was like a big story during the NBA bubble was yeah. Jameer Nelson and Mark Cuban actually reaching out to Delonte to go get him some help. And I know he's in some type of uh, rehab facility now, and I've seen some pictures over the last month or so. But Delonte always been um, been super high on Delonte. He can, he can handle the ball. He can shoot. Um, like Greg said, gritty guy on defense. So – 
he's gonna he's gonna round out my players that I have uh, on my team. Greg, we're swinging over to you. You got back to back picks, one of which has to be a coach. Uh, yeah. Right now, you've got Dana Barrows, Walter McCarty, Rashid Wallace, Rick Fox. Okay. Well, as you can see, I have zero people that know how to handle the basketball. So um, I definitely need somebody that can handle the rock. I was honestly, like, I was going to take a guy that I'm very surprised nobody has taken yet, but I need someone that can handle the rock. And this guy was only on the Celtics for a very, very short period of time. Very short period of time. There were two, I'm deliberating between two guys, both traded, I'm pretty sure, during their rookie seasons. Um, but I want a little bit more size. So I'm going to go with Joe Johnson. And I'm going to ask Joe Johnson to go ahead and play point for me. Um, you guys know the other guy that I was thinking of. I'll let one of you take him if you want him. But I like my squad because I'm big. It's switchable. Uh, we got three-point shooting all around. Dana, Joe Johnson, Walter McCarty, Rick Fox, and Rasheed Wallace. So I think this is a pretty good uh, team in any era of basketball. Um, Joe Johnson, you know, I'm only getting the six months that Joe Johnson was on the Celtics before <laughs> we traded him for Tony Delk and Rodney Rogers. Um, <laughs> but that's <laughs> neither here nor there. We wanted to lose to the Nets in the Eastern Conference Finals. We did. We wanted. That to was lose. maybe one of the most short-sighted trades. Like jo- Joe Johnson, I think was either first or second team All Rookie was contributing. Was already what was already going to be a playoff team with young Antoine, young Paul, uh, rounding into shape, and then we traded it for Tony Dell and Rodney Rogers to make a run at maybe the weakest Eastern Conference. <laughs> in history that Jason Kidd won by himself pretty much two years in a row. Rodney Rogers doesn't even sound like a real person. And uh, we got rid of Joe Johnson for him. It was, it was so sad. I, I, I still don't get that trade. Um, Even dude, I was freaking like 11 years old and I knew it was a bad trade. Yeah, I, I really liked. I remember really liking Joe Johnson that that rookie year, and was really upset when that trade happened. And then briefly, because my brain was still so young, I actually liked Tony Delk and Rodney Rogers. But then stepping back from it and like just getting older was like that was the dumbest fucking trade we could have made. It's horrible. I wonder if you were young and you were thinking we got two guys for the price of one, so this was good. <laughs> it, honestly, it could have been that simple. It's like, oh, we got two average players for one guy that's going to be an all-star. Yeah, that that totally works. Hey, man, you could have ran the Celtics. <laughs> Speaking of running the Celtics, uh, you got one more pick here, Greg, and you got to pick a coach. Okay, um, so I think this guy was ahead of his time in the way that he was actually playing basketball. Uh, Jim O'Brien shot a lot of three-pointers. He encouraged – Antoine to let it let it fly as a power forward who's much more suited to be offensive rebounding down low and using his touchdown there. He uh, he definitely listened. Yeah, he definitely listened to Jim O'Brien. So I'm going to take Jimmy O. Um, he had a couple stops as a head coach. I remember him being in Indiana for a little bit. I don't know if that's true or not, but I remember that. And um, I thought he did a pretty good job with the Celtics. And he's gonna he's gonna take this team and we're gonna shoot 53 pointers a game. Nice pick out of the coaches left. I think it's excellent. And because Antoine can't get drafted tonight, this is the only time we'll be able to bring up the quote. They asked him why he, did, he shot so many threes. Cause he said, cause there were no fours. And so that would have been uh, during the Jim O'Brien era that he said that. Um, but no, I think it was a great pick, Greg. 
Yeah, love that pick. Uh, I actually was was surprised. I thought I was going to have Jimmy O on the board when uh, when I when I got up. I still need a coach as well. But uh, I think I like what you've done with your team, Greg. Here for as far as you're 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 predicting, you're putting a team together that maybe in 2020 might actually make some functional sense. Uh, so as a quick reminder, actually we'll recap the teams when we get to when we get to the end. But Greg's team is now complete. Um, my final pick here. I got to pick a coach right now. I have Al Jefferson, Dino Raja. Eddie House, Ricky Davis, Delonte West. And it's not really too much drama here. Um, I like Coach Stevens. I'm surprised that I feel like Coach Stevens has gotten a little bit of a, a little bit of hate in here compared to some of his predecessors. Um, but when you compare him to what's left, which is ML Carr, Rick Patino, and John Carroll, who I only remembered because we brought him up before we started this podcast, uh, who briefly took over for Jim O'Brien. Those are the other three options available in our lifetime. Uh, it's pretty cut and dry. Coach Stevens is the answer here. Um, one thing that's been you know, pretty prominent on, on Coach Stevens' resume is doing more with less. And I'm sure as hell going to give him the opportunity to prove <laughs> that with this team. Um, he did a really good job as we've talked about in past pause with hiding some of the lesser defensive players. Um, when all of your team is lesser defensive players, it's going to be a little <laughs> bit more challenging. Um, but I think coach Stevens is up for it. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to welcome coach Stevens to my bench. Uh, dude, I thought we weren't allowed to draft Brad Stevens. I would have drafted him <laughs> instead of Jim O'Brien. Um, I, but oh, hey. hold, hold up. I could be wrong. I'm pretty, I thought we had established that Stevens was going to be available because there were so few coaches that we had to choose from. I Am I wrong on this? You established this in your brain, but you forgot to say it out loud, I believe. <laughs> okay. If that's the case, I'll, I will retract Stevens. If you both think both are saying that I didn't say it, I, I can retract my pick. It's up to you guys. I'll let you have them. Yeah. You can take them, man. What All right. Good. My deep, my Double defensive rotations files. appreciate that. <laughs> oh, he would hate your team, Will. Oh, he would despise it. That's why it doesn't make any sense. This is this is going to be the worst team for him to coach. Do you have Ricky Davis? Yes. Oh yeah, that's not working out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see what Coach Stevens can do with that. We have one pick left here. It's going to be Mark, and you got to pick. Oh, you have you have a player left to pick. I do. Um, before you do that. Let me give a quick recap of our teams, and I want to talk real quick about a few of who's left on the board before you make your pick. Sure. Just to set it up. So right now, Greg's team, full team, Dana Barros, Walter McCarty, Rasheed Wallace, Rick Fox, Joe Johnson, Coach Jimmy O'Brien. Oh. Will's team, Al Jefferson, Dino Raja, Eddie House, Ricky Davis, Delante West, Coach Brad <laughs> Stevens. Mark's team, still missing one player. We have Tony Allen, Gary Payton, Rafe LaFrentz, Tony Batie, coached by Doc Rivers. Some players that we still have on the board here. So I think there's two ways to look at this, and I'll let you guys put a, put a couple names in here. But I feel like there's a couple names that just, like as I've talked about before, that just stick out to me as like 90s Celtics or just like childhood Celtics that I don't think Mark's going to pick, but I feel like are worth mentioning. Todd Day. Todd Day always feels like just a Celtic name to me. Also found yeah. out in my research, his middle name is Fitzgerald, which I thought was, which I thought was <laughs> hilarious. Um, Kenny Anderson's a guy that we haven't mentioned. Eric Williams, who I think maybe could be in play for Mark. Providence's zone. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Also, didn't realize Eric Williams was traded twice from the Celtics in like a three-year span. Um, we got wait, Darryl quick, Green. quick Eric Williams anecdote. Do you guys yeah. remember that uh, that commercial 
where it's like all the Celtics players from that shitty team, like at an outdoor basketball court, and they were all doing like some sort of basketball move. And Eric Williams's thing was just do like five very basic crossover dribbles in a row. I don't, but that sounds awesome. I want to find that commercial. It's so good. A <laughs> uh, few other names we got on the board here. Um, Gerald Green, James Posey. We got a couple of big guys, but I think Mark might, might I know he's already, he's got, he's pretty, pretty stout on yeah. big guys, but big guys that we didn't, let's talk about the big guys that we didn't get to. Uh, Vitaly Potapenko, which I think is a great one. AKA yeah. Potapenko. Very Celtics name. <laughs> uh mark blunt who we referenced in the beginning who i'm still surprised that uh team captain mark mcdonough has not chosen mark blunt um we got leon poe glenn davis um greg steamsma any other big guys that i'm missing here that Jack. are nostalgic to you perk Shaq. oh wow yeah the that version of Shaq was just sad though i don't think i could take him <laughs> you only got him for like 15 games <laughs> and, he, and he played about 15 minutes per game so yeah but if you I get the right tough. 15 games <laughs> which is what danny bet on when he then traded perk for for jeff green um, um uh, also dude we're missing avery bradley yep uh no one's taking ab chauncey billups yep uh david wesley mm. I, I thought about David Wesley and AB was high up there, but David Wesley was a big time nineties guy. I was watching Dino Raja clips earlier and David Wesley popped up and I was thinking about him. The guy that the Suns didn't want Kedrick Brown, my man who had like two highlights his entire time with the Celtics where you could, that dude could jump though. I was a big Kedrick Brown guy. Um, Wally Mikhail, Zerbiak. Wally Zerbiak. Ooh, that's a good one. Mikel Petrus. Oh Yeah. Brandon Very Bass. Well Brandon Bass is a good one. Um, oh. Sorry, you can go ahead. Oh, uh, Ron Mercer, did he make an all-star team or no? no? He never did, but I actually did like Ron Mercer. I thought – I scribbled him down and then I crossed him off. But, like, I liked him because that was when Patino just tried to bring his entire Kentucky team with him. Yeah. And so he just had, like, Mercer, Twan, McCarty – traded for Dell. Oh no, I think Dell might have been Jim O'Brien, but still we just had this string of like all these Kentucky players. Um, a guy that I wanted to bring up, uh, did you guys remember Purvis Ellison at all? Of course. Purvis Purvis, right? Yes. Okay. So I wanted to bring him up because actually the other day I was listening to a Jay Z song where Purvis gets a shout out. <laughs> do you, do you guys know this song? No. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to read you the lyrics just cause it made me really happy the other day. So it's a pump, it's it's from Pump It Up, which was the Just Blaze song. Pump, pump, pump it up, Just Blaze. So it's from that, and it's a mixtape that uh, that Jay Z did. And so let me let me let me read you the lyrics here. I know I'm stepping on your toes here, Manakis, with uh with the rapping, but let me let me see what I can do for no, you. Do it in your best Jay Z voice. <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna do that, but let's see here. So the lyric was, uh, "I'm not the Mike Jordan of the Mike recording." It's Hovey, baby. You Kobe, maybe. Tracy McGrady. Matter of fact, you a Harold Miner. J.R. Ryder. Washed up on marijuana. Even worse, you a Purvis Ellis. You worthless fella. You ain't no athlete. You Sean Bradley. And I Jesus. fucking love... Yo, goes in. I fucking love those lyrics. I heard that the other night when I was driving home. And I was like, I gotta find a way to work Purvis Ellison into this podcast. So that's the main reason I bring it okay. up. Okay. Uh, what pick was he? Uh, he was 1-1. First pick in the entire draft, Purvis Ellison. 
Celtics yeah, had 1989. Um, number one picks that Celtics have had on their rosters as big men. Purvis Ellison, Eric Montross. Was Eric Montross number one overall pick? Do you guys remember this too? I don't think he was one. Was he I one? think he might have been like two or something like Let that. Let me look this but up. You might be right. I know another one is Ola Candy that was on the side. Michael Ola Candy. Was Shaq drafted one? Shaq was one. So Shaq was a one one. Oh, I was, I was totally wrong. Um, we selected him with our first pick. That's what it was with the ninth <laughs> pick overall. So thank God Eric Montross was not a number one overall pick. I just like for some reason had that in my brain. Celtics also drafted horrible Celtics draft picks. No, that's a whole nother pod. Let's wait on that. That's, yeah, we're we're gonna go too far down here. We gotta we gotta swing this this back around. I went I went too far with the Purvis Ellison. I just wanted to get the Jay Z rap lyric in there. The po- imagine being Purvis Ellison. You're like driving down the highway, having like a blast. You're having like a first good day in a long time, and you listen to Jay Z, and he just like he says that. That must be devastating. Anyways, said, uh, you're worthless. <laughs> oh, it's, it's it's an unbelievable line. But anyways, Mark. Let's swing back to you. You still need to complete your team. We've gone over yes. some of the players that are mm-hmm. that are still available. You got sure. Tony Allen, Gary Payton, Ray Lafrentz, Tony Batie, Doc Rivers on the bench. Give us your last pick. I know who I'm going to pick, but I just wanted to mention Kenny Anderson briefly. I was I was considering picking him. Um, also, if you look at his Wikipedia, he has been involved in every reality TV show and every fake basketball league that anybody has ever made. He was involved with, you guys remember slam ball? Yes. He was a coach in slam ball. He's been a coach in like six, like outlaw basketball leagues. I think he's involved with the big three. Um, but that's worth a deep dive into uh, his Wikipedia. If you have a moment. Um, but I, I need some offense on my team. I'm going to pick somebody that we have just mentioned. Um he had two stints with the Boston Celtics. I need offense. I need a small Ford-ish player, even though he's playing. He, I think he's played about every single position on the Celtics, I think including center, if I'm not wrong, under Brad. Uh, do you guys have any guesses who I mean? I think I know. I'll let Greg The most ops in the history first. of the Boston Celtics? Gerald Green. Gerald Green. Yeah, love it. So he's going to – all the offense is going to be run through Gerald Green. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> hey, maybe maybe this is the, the version of Gerald Green that you get that was a McDonald's All-American and had all the T-Mac comparisons coming out of high school. Maybe maybe this is the version that, that manifests itself uh, under Coach Doc Rivers in the offensive-centric lead that Gerald Green's going to be given. I hope so. Actually, if I could pick – if I can pick a Gerald Green version, I think I will pick his the beginning of his second stint with the Boston Celtics. I like the more mature version of Gerald Green, even though he's less talented physically. I think you're going to get more out of him. Definitely, yeah. I, I love Gerald Green. I remember uh, my buddy Reggie. He he played like some high level AAU ball, and I remember he played against Gerald Green in a tournament. And I remember him telling me that this dude was just like beyond anything he had ever seen in person. So when the Celtics drafted him, I remember actually making a aims away message status as like the Celtics got Gerald green, like give me banner number 17. (laughs) 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 That didn't work out. (laughs) Okay guys, moment of truth. Whose team do we think wins? 
Okay. Uh, are we saying are we saying in a in a just like round robin king of the court five on five thing that between the three teams or like throw them in today's NBA who has the most wins? Okay. I think maybe throw them into today's NBA who has the most wins. Oof, this is a tough one. So I think the way that I look at it, I I think I think Greg's team is probably structured the best, but I think he definitely has the least talent. So, and I think, and then I think Mark, our teams are just polar opposites. We just have one that's all towards defense pretty much. And one that's all primarily towards offense. Um, ah, I think, I, I think it's actually pretty tough. Put it this way. Maybe. I don't think any of us are fighting for playoff spots, um, <laughs> but I, you know, I'm, I'm obviously biased, but I think, I think with coach Stevens, I'm taking my team. That's ridiculous. My team clearly is going <laughs> to, is, is going to at least sniff the playoffs. It depends. Are we, are each team is just like, there are three versions of the Celtics in the league. You know what I mean? Like, it, are we, are we saying I'm in the Western conference or the Eastern no, conference? We'll, we'll- no, we'll say we're all three of us are in the Eastern Conference. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think my squad definitely has a chance, man. Like we're gonna put up points. We've got a good defender <laughs> in, Rick, in Rick Fox. Walter's long. Sheed's long. Like I mean, the I think the biggest knock on my squad is that I don't have a true point guard. But like we're gonna put up points, and if you if you allow me to draft the six man, which I'm just gonna give myself the six man right now, and I'm gonna put rookie <laughs> Cha- Chauncey Billups off the bench, we're good. I think we're gonna make the playoffs. So if you can cheat and add a player that was not part of the the process, you like yeah. your team. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> okay, so we basically have like the three bowls apart, just too hot, too cold, and in the middle. Um, I think if I could just make uh, a ridiculous argument for my team succeeding, um, I think my team would try in the regular season where other teams, especially Wills, may just not try <laughs> in the regular season. I have Gary Payton. I have Tony Allen. I have Ray for friends. I think that they would put effort in. During who, the regular who are your season. other two? Tony Batie and what? Gerald Green. Old Gerald I, Green. I like that team, man. I, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I think that's the best team. I think uh, the Gary Payton, Tony Allen backcourt is just locked down. Uh, you probably steal the ball from Dana Barrows 20 times and just shake his confidence so he can't shoot anymore. <laughs> so, yeah, I like your squad, man. I'll give it to Mark on this one. Hey, you don't have to give it to me just because I'm the guest, but uh, I, well, I do appreciate it. Well, we're gonna we'll put it to a Twitter poll. We'll put our put our teams out there on on the Celtic Noise Twitter. We'll uh, we'll see what the people say. Um, you know, I I think it's gonna be close. I do. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll leave it up to the people right now and see what, uh, see what they think. Um, but yeah, man, hey man, this is a lot of fun, Mark. Uh, loved having you on here, man. Yeah. Thank you very much at the, the Batman. See if we can get a response from him. If he's on Twitter, actually, no, Walter will respond at, at Walter, <laughs> the Batman. Walter yeah. will respond immediately. Greg, we talked about using those connects. Now's the time to do it. We gotta, you gotta, gotta use your network to get Dan and Walter on here to respond. Just, just to get them to vote in the poll, at least. I want to <laughs> see them vote for their own team. I like it. I like it. I'll do my best. I'll do my best. I'll reach out to Brendan. I'll hit up Waltz on the DM. And um, I don't know if I got Dana's number. I don't think I have Dana's number anymore. And I definitely don't have Jameer Nelson's number anymore, Will. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a story for another podcast. But um, no, man, this has been fucking awesome. It's great to, it's great to see you here. And uh, 
Greg, I think we got to work on some some fake trades that you're coming up with me for the next pod, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm down for that, man. Let's try and do that uh, sometime next week. Thank you very much for having me. Um, it's a podcast or a great excuse to talk to your male friends because they don't feel comfortable talking otherwise. So thank you very much <laughs> for having me on, guys. All right, man. All right, we'll man. talk to you later, bro. Good All right, bye, Go everybody. Get some sleep. Yeah, I will.